OSR October, part 12. Because it's not really days, is it? If I'm not doing them every one. <laughs> Day 12. How to get started. The second half of this particular bullet point, how to get started, though I want to focus on the very last thing that the primer says. Run the adventure and enjoy. Now, the author is referring to Tomb of the Iron God, a uh, swords and wizardry adventure that parallels the release of this particular primer. I have not played it personally. I'm sure that it is up to par, so you can definitely run it. But the key here that spoke to me about this is run the game. In newer editions of the game, moreover, in the culture of the newer editions, you have to have more. You have to have backstories for the characters. You have to have characters that are integrated into the setting. You have to have history so it makes sense as to why people are in places. You have to have demographics. You have to have interwoven relationships. Those things do exist in OSR-type games, but they don't have to. And moreover, they don't come up when you're starting the game. When you start, when you are beginning your campaign, your level one player characters, they don't need a backstory. They don't need a society to fit into. They're just down on their luck or crazy and going into the ground looking for gold. While that may seem a little uh, crass, a little base in their motives, that's fine. There's always room to be a hero later when you grow out of that initial phase. When starting a dungeon crawler, all you need is a dungeon. A town, a dungeon, and you're good. Because the barrier to entry is low, you get to run the game faster. One of the seminal pieces of advice that's given by the original authors, prep a level or two ahead and don't worry about the rest. Perfection is, and this is where the quote ends and I'm quoting myself, perfection is the enemy of good. In the same sense, prep is the enemy of play. Don't worry about having a perfect world. Don't worry about having intricate plots and interesting NPCs. Those will come with time. By trying to create them, by trying to write a fantasy novel into which your players can insert themselves and experience, that's going to stop you from playing. That's going to deny you the emergent narrative in favor of set pieces. And thinking about it the same, the more players act, the less they stick to the script. That is, they're going to do the exact opposite of whatever you think they're going to do. They're going to engage with the NPCs that don't matter. They're going to ignore plot hooks that you thought they would love. They're going to make a mess of your world. So the more effort you put into the prep, the more is going to go to waste. Is all of it going to go to waste? Of course not. They're going to run into a lot of it. They're going to enjoy a lot of it. And player, a lot of players will enjoy that exploration factor. I'm one of them. I love uncovering stuff about the world that we're in. But for every 10 things you put in, they're going to find maybe three tops. Uh, two is probably more likely. And you don't want to necessarily do all that work for nothing. Sure, you can reuse it in other places. You can rehash it. But why do that? 
prep is the enemy of play. Let the questions arise and answer them as you go, taking notes along the way and creating the world organically. Have your themes. Stick to your themes, but don't allow the absence of answers to prevent you from tackling the questions. As my example of play for this episode, I'm going to showcase two campaigns. My Conquest of Cain campaign and my Ash Coast campaign. The Conquest of Cain was the first game that I ran for friends in Florida after we moved down. It's a series of islands in my home setting that are occupied by an enterprising and seafaring culture, the Canish. So they do their thing, they explore, the party adventures around for a year or so, and then things go south in my life and I can't run for a while. That's okay. Uh, babies get born, and the twin. You can actually see this on my blog <laughs> at about the six month mark. The uh, blog posts get super excited about being able to run the uh, home game again. And so you start seeing stuff like, oh, I'm going to run my game soon. Oh, I'm in the VTT now. Oh, I'm almost doing this. I'm prep, prep, prep. And I posted a bunch of useful stuff that I could have used. But the trick is, I didn't use it. That game never got back off the ground. That game did not survive the break I had to take when my kids were born and when uh, after my mom died. It just didn't work. And why is that? Well, was I trying to be perfect? Was I trying to get all of my ducks in a row? You could say that. I have a huge hex map that's only half populated still that I was trying to get down. I wanted to get as much prep as I could do in advance so that I could run the game not knowing how much time I would have to prep going into the game. Which is a fair thought, but it didn't work. Prep was the enemy of play. I never started the game again. One of the uh, one of the co-workers who played with me in that game no longer lives in the city. One of the other co-workers is in a different company, and that game probably will not start up again anytime soon. Or at least not in the meat space. Contrast that to the Ash Coast. I, another part of the same milieu, same cultures, you have the Canish, the Demotic, the uh, Busha land, same principles, same deities, a lot of the same notes, but the difference is the game's actually running. And I have the players to thank for this, specifically thank you Thaddeus for kind of kicking me in the tush and pushing me to actually run the game. I enjoy running the game. I was having a blast. It's a little nerve-wracking getting started again after having been gone for so long and been inconsistent for so long. And I'm, I'm in a little bit of a dry spell at the moment. This is being recorded the weekend of the hurricane that came through. And so a little bit of a dry spell right now, but I'm enjoying running the game again. And I don't have all the answers. I have some of my old notes for BX. I have some of my old notes for DCC that doesn't necessarily fit into OE and Chainmail. But I didn't let that stop me. I'm adapting it as I go. I'm providing information as people ask for it. And to be truthful, I kind of owe everybody an apology because I'm saying LBBs, but that's not entirely true. There's some weird house rules I haven't written down entirely. There's some uh, Chainmail assumptions that I've made that I haven't necessarily conferred with everybody. And so there's a lot of information that's just kind of kind of free-floating and make it up as we go until we can get into a groove. Could I have created a groove given a long enough time? Yes. But that time 
Lord knows how who how long would that time take. What I can tell you, the conquest of Cain never uh, never came back. Ash Coast, four or five sessions in. I forget how many as of the time of this recording, but four or five sessions in, and I have a hex map. It's not filled out. It's almost ready for prime time. It'll be ready, hopefully, just in time for when the players get ready for hex crawling. The moral of the story is, can you ever have enough to be ready for a campaign? No. But do you have enough to be ready for the campaign? And that answer is a resounding yes. Regardless of how many notes you take, no matter how much the script is blank, every session you run, you get better at improvising. And with that, I'll improvise my outro. <laughs> Delve on, everybody, and thanks for listening. Square Ring Mail Podcast is an independently owned and operated product released for educational and informative purposes under the Totally Steal This license, which is kind of like Creative Commons, except f- licensing. Segments recorded within a vehicle are recorded using a Bluetooth hands-free device in conjunction with local vehicular safety legislation. Theme music for the Clear Square Ring Mail Podcast is Gold Coffee by Michael Ramirez C. Retrieved from Mixkit.co and used under the Mixkit royalty-free music license. Sound effects used in the Clear Square Ring Mail Podcast are also retrieved from Mixkit.co and used in accordance with the Mixkit-free sound effects license. Clear Square Ring Mail does not ascribe to nor endorse views or opinions expressed by call-ins, guests, or even the host, unless you think they're awesome, and thus does not assume any liability regarding the consumption or distribution of this podcast. By listening to the Clear Square Ring Mail Podcast, you agree to these provided terms. Parties with questions regarding these terms, conditions, or releases are encouraged to reach out to Clear Square Email at the prescribed methods provided on the Clear Square email blog. Parties dissatisfied with these terms, conditions, or releases are encouraged to go suck an egg.